Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Pod Diva. Hello, Divas, and welcome to Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA woman or non binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley. When singer-songwriter Emily Sanday declared her love for a woman back in April, she set every queer heart aflutter. Now she and Joanna are engaged, and Emily is riding high with her much-needed, uplifting single, Brighter Days. Who better to be our October cover star for Black History Month with this intimate, in-depth and incredibly inspiring interview with diva editor Roxy Bordion discussing black pride, love, hair and being true to her beautiful self. When you finish listening, go out and grab yourself a copy of Diva magazine to see more. I promise you, just by listening, your world will change to brighter days. Part Diva. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the cover of Diva. The whole team is so excited about this. Oh, me too. You are going to be our gorgeous cover star for the Black History Month issue of Diva. And I saw that you very recently went to UK Black Pride. Yeah, I mean, I loved it because it felt really at home and kind of welcomed because, you know, it isn't something that's often spoke about from my experience within the black community. And I didn't grow up around a black community in Scotland and it was something I always longed for. And sometimes I did feel I had to make the choice between being myself and being open about my sexuality or feeling belonging within my own culture and it's quite a difficult decision to make because you want to feel like you belong and when I finally came to London I felt like wow I can really be myself as a black woman but that may mean that I have to not be myself as a gay woman so when I heard from a friend of ours and she said oh you must meet Lady Phil she's amazing and she really wants you to get involved in Black Pride and actually before that when I first came out you know about my relationship with Joanna Black Pride they were one of the people that really got behind and said we stand beside Emily Sanday and everything so I really appreciate that support even from a distance and then when I finally spoke to Lady Phil she was so lovely on email yeah it was just lovely I really felt like wow, I can fully be myself and I don't have to make this decision or kind of deny half of myself anymore. And just going there, you're like, people are listening to Beyonce and hip-hop and soul music and everything I love. And it just felt wonderful. The atmosphere there was just beautiful. It was a beautiful day, it was sunny. And there were so many different stalls. We went to this tent where people were talking, like doing poetry and really talking about their experience as a person of colour within the queer community. And just hearing a lady speaking about being mixed race and then also having her partner there and all of these things that I thought it was only me. It was really a liberating day for me. And then everyone was so lovely backstage and then Don Butler was there, she was doing an announcement. She said, do you want to come and say something? 
And I was a bit nervous because I'd literally just got in my shorts and I'd just gone <laughs> as a punter. And I was like, okay. And I got on stage and sang a bit of Read All About It. And it was really emotional for me because, you know, just seeing the people's reaction in the crowd, there's a few people crying and, and what it really meant, you know, Dawn had said coming out could have affected anything. I didn't know if it would really affect my career, but I had to be true to myself. So Dawn saying those words and understanding that without me ever having to actually tell her that meant a lot. And then there was another man on stage, I need to find out his name, but he said, as I was walking off, he gave me this huge hug and said, welcome home. And it was just this really touching moment of feeling fully accepted and feeling really spontaneously in the moment being myself. And also everybody of every color was welcome there. You know, they said, you know, we see some pink people in the audience and it was just fully embracing of everything and, and learning about all the issues within the community. So I'd love to speak to Phil more and learn more and it's beautiful that they put this event together and it's growing every year which is wonderful oh my goodness what a perfect magical answer thank you so much (laughs) no you're amazing (laughs) like i love that that was giving me everything i wanted to hear um i love phil to bits so Mm. she was our diva cover star on our february issue earlier this year and she's just such a just such an awesome powerhouse yeah. inspirational woman she's amazing since you did open up about your relationship in that way what's the response been like particularly within the community of queer people of color really lovely really embracing everything that i was afraid of didn't happen i just felt this real need to be myself and to talk about falling in love that was the main point it wasn't really necessarily I need to come and talk about my sexuality. It was more, I'm in love and this is the best thing in my life and I love this person so much. But yeah, everything's been pretty positive, you know? And I think a lot of people that have maybe known me over a few years said, you know, we really felt that you can finally be yourself and maybe you weren't being yourself in the past. So it's so nice to actually meet people as me and not have to kind of act in a way just to find out that most people are like yeah we kind of knew that you probably end up with a woman like it's nice to know that they accepted me even then everything I was worried about was such like an, a worry for nothing but yeah I feel really embraced a lot of people have come up and said you know it means a lot visibility is really important and just for me going on my journey and kind of facing just being myself knowing that it's meant something to others is really inspiring and especially at Black Pride I got to meet so many people backstage people that are in similar situations you know people saying well I just got signed and there are subtle pressures that are never said overtly I think a lot of the worry comes from the people around you they're like well will people want to hear your music anymore how will people view you and all of these things no one actually says to you don't come out no one says don't be yourself but it's kind of implied in different ways so just hearing other people that are in that similar situation that I may have felt a few years ago was so nice to know that me being myself had helped them on their journey and you mentioned that you did have some fears you did have some trepidation yeah would you mind talking a little bit about specifically what those fears were yeah I mean it's just how people would perceive you there's many layers to anybody I'm a very spiritual person and there that's another relationship that you really have to kind of dig into deeper um can I still feel Christian and be with a woman? Can I still explore all of these different religions and thoughts? Like, do I have to start denying pieces of me that are natural? I did worry a bit of my perception to people or how they would view me. You know, also within the black community, you know, how would my family in Zambia feel about this? There are many things I, I did worry about, but it got to a point where 
I can't live my life worrying about others so much. Perhaps it will be positive. You know, I'm always thinking pessimistically, but maybe just me being myself will be the best thing I can do. And that's what I found. At least I know any situation I walk into, whether it's different or the same as before, I'm going as myself. And I think that has more power than anything you can second guess or kind of contrive. You know, you being you, that's that's what it is. It is what it is. and. You know, life is that. Life is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, working at Diva, any time someone in the public eye comes out or opens up about their identity or their relationships in that way, we get really excited, our readers get really excited. Yeah. But when you did it, Emily, there was like a whole new level. <laughs> like, we were all collectively, I think I can speak for all the Divas, we were so, so pleased and excited. Oh, good, thank you. <laughs> what about your friends and your family? How have they responded to this? They've been, you know, they've been lovely as well. I mean, it's definitely something that I had spoken to my parents about and spoken to my family about, especially my sister, before and before ever thinking about speaking to the world about it. And, you know, I'm so lucky to have such an open family. I mean, I think our family's always been a bit different from the norm. We've never really fitted in on the streets or we've always been the noisy ones, mixed race family. There's always been an element of outsider to our families. Telling my parents I'd, I'd, you know, fallen in love, they said we're really happy for you and that was during lockdown actually. So it was so nice to slowly build to a place where I felt confident and having the support of my family behind me meant so much. I think as any parent wants, they just want their daughter to be happy and, and I did find it was an internal battle. So a lot of people don't know what you're going through and unless you're ready to really understand what's going on with, within you, you don't really understand what's going on. If you don't realise you're playing a role, it's quite confusing to really unravel everything and that's why I loved having the past couple of years off yeah. just to be at home and actually work out well who are you when you're not on stage who are you when you're not being a musician that was so therapeutic for me and empowering so yeah my family yeah they've been really cool and a lot of surprises you know people that I was worried aunties or older generation what they're going to be like but they've been really sweet really welcoming of you Anna also it's not just her being a female there's also cultural difference so embracing her culture embracing who she is but at the end of the day we're both like two musicians so I think my parents were like yeah this kind of makes sense like you two are as nuts as each other and this all like works out what's it like being in a relationship with another musician I mean great in the most part it's lovely because you know I've dedicated my life to music and it's something that will always be so important a priority for me so to have that understanding from someone else who's done exactly the same in a different field yes but her whole life has been music as well so there's this unspoken understanding which really bonds us and brings us together and you know if I'm stressing over some song or anything to do with music she understands whereas I think with other partners they're like oh my god just it's fine you like move <laughs> on but for her she understands that that need for it to be perfect in in our eyes and ears and how did you two first meet through music which is lovely during lockdown it was a, I really fell in love with Maria Callas oh yeah and I was just reading biographies and watching films I just I mean I was really obsessed and then you know, I'd read that she was fantastic on piano as well, and I was really inspired by her classical knowledge, and I just thought, if I really want to be the best singer I can be, I need to get these skills under my belt. So 
I met Ioana, obviously she's a a classical music expert, uh, an incredible pianist. I reached out and I said, I really want to learn more about classical music. So for the first few months, it was just this awesome, like this beautiful world opening up for me in, in classical music and this amazing new person in my life that was so passionate and really understood me and how the best way I could learn. Then I said, you know, I'm working on this music. I was releasing a charity single called Prayed Up and I sent it to her, I said, can we work on this? And she showed me her new music. So it went from kind of learning from her to then collaborating with her. And then slowly, slowly, we just got to know each other and it really just, it felt so innocently, it just felt so innocent at the beginning and just so our passion of music and understanding of one another was just felt from right then. Gorgeous. What a, what a fantastic love story to yeah. kind of fall in love with classical music and fall in love with Joanna at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it really just feels great. And when I started to get to know her better, I just thought, okay, well, she's only listening to like Bach and Beethoven. And I said, I really love Whitney Houston. And I was like, <laughs> okay, now we can really talk. So we spoke about Whitney and we spoke about Barry White she loves. So just to know she has an appreciation across the board is great. And then also speaking about Whitney's journey and Mm. her kind of issues, not issues, but dealing with her sexuality. I mean, we don't know because she can't speak for herself, but I think it's so important to be happy and not deny yourself of who you are because I think it can just bring so many issues to the surface and such a sad way to live. We discussed Whitney's like posted around our house everywhere (laughs) as you know, our goddess. It was beautiful. I saw that you loved Whitney and I wanted to know what it is about Whitney that you relate to or identify with or why she inspires you so much. I mean so many things. When I watch you know the documentaries that are out about her now it's just there's so many levels. The fact her music came from such a spiritual place you know her growing up singing in church and you can hear it in the power and the resonance of her voice that this is beyond the industry. Yes, she gave us so much beautiful music, but it was such a deep-rooted... There's certain things that, of course, she learned from her mum, but you can... The tone of her voice and that focus of her voice. I mean, she was a true genius, and she was never really given the credit she deserved in my eyes. Everything she was doing melodically, vocally, no one told her how to do that or produce that out of her. That was all of her. Just watching, I didn't really know that about her, that she was quite in a removed society when she was a kid she went to like this private school and she didn't quite fit in where she grew up and I related to that and then also learning about her relationship with Robin and Mm. maybe she didn't feel she could be herself perhaps within the black community or what or just within the pop industry she never felt she could break out sometimes I do think about her and I say I hope I can live the life now that she didn't feel she could at that time obviously I'm nowhere as big as Whitney Houston but I do feel that I want to wave that flag for her. Okay, we have many problems in 2022, but I do feel there's been so much progress within our community. And for me to be able to stand up, come out, and still make music and still put it out, I don't believe that could have happened in the 80s or 90s as a black woman. Mm. So I really appreciate how many doors she's opened and how many others beforehand. And I can appreciate her struggle. It must have been very difficult. Do you have any other queer icons? I know you like Frida Kahlo. Yes, yes. Frida, she's awesome. I mean, just really strong, genius women. That's what inspires me because they wouldn't have had the freedoms we have now as women and we're still fighting for, but the fact they were just like, fuck it, like, I'm gonna be me, I'm an artist. That's the main point. There's a difference between being an entertainer and being an artist and these women, they couldn't hold it in. They had to have the full mental freedom that a man can have. If you're not being yourself, you can't do that. And 
I think when you put your art first, that makes life a lot easier because that has to be prioritized. And if you're hiding half of yourself or you're struggling in that sense, you can't fully express yourself. So that's why I love Frida. She just, by the looks of it, I don't even think she ever questioned. It wasn't like, I'm going to be myself. It was just, she was. There's a lot of suffering that came for the art to be made. Frida's life was very difficult in some senses with the polio and then the crash and the heartbreak with Diego. Just the fact they managed to take pain and brokenness in a certain sense and, and make something so beautiful and honest. Those are the type of women I really look up to, like Maria, Frida, Tracy Chapman. Mm. They, they take the ordinary life and they show how beautiful it is. You know, often we're just searching for these extreme highs and the glamour and the glitz, but it's all there in front of us in everyday life and being settled now with a partner and being in love and building a home with somebody, you realise that's where the beauty of life is. And the more you can discuss that through your music, the better. You mentioned Tracy Chapman there. What a trailblazing mm-hmm. icon. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love Tracy Chapman. Yeah. And done so gently as well. Yeah. It just shows you you don't always have to be screaming and yeah, sometimes it comes for that, but she gently stirs the revolution and she you know, fast car, how many people have been inspired by that song and comforted by it. Yeah, she's one of my all-time faves as well. How do you think falling in love and being open about this part of yourself has impacted the music you make and the art you create? I think it's settled me because perhaps that was a point of my life where I was trying to present something that I felt other people may have wanted to see. But now, just settling that side of my life has made me settle in all sides. It's made me just, well, what music do you want to make? You know, do you want to do something a bit more avant-garde or jazz-related? Or, you know, something that's completely out of my comfort zone. I think it's just settled my life completely. And, you know, having a partner that I can ask, well, what do you think about this? Or which direction? And it gives you confidence to try new things. And... That's something I love about Joanna. She's just straight to the point. There's, she's not going to like paint anything prettier than it is, but that gives me confidence that when I get an opinion from her, it's very real. Her understanding of me and the music I've made and want to make, she'll always give me an honest opinion and one that I really respect. So it's given me more confidence in myself and settled me, given me more confidence to go in any direction and trust myself as an artist. Do you know what Joanna's favourite song of yours is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ready to love <laughs> on the new album she's like please can we play it one more time I'm, I'm sick of that song now <laughs> the neighbours are definitely sick of it she loves that song and she loves my Brits performance of Hurts it's the first time I actually watched it back she's like yeah you need to watch this one so those are the go to for her <laughs> I love that this year, as well as kind of coming into yourself with your sexuality and your relationship, the music that you're creating, your beautiful, gorgeous album, mm. this was so the music we needed in this <laughs> moment. Like it's healing, it's empowering, it's joyful, it's celebratory. At this moment where it seems that you really are kind of finding joy and happiness in your life, you're also putting that out there in your music as well. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Part Diva. That was one thing during, you know, the whole pandemic. I just thought... Well, what can I give? Give myself a little pep talk. It's like, well, you didn't finish med school, so you can't really <laughs> help anybody health-wise. Instead of it always being about what do I want to express, what do I want to say about myself, I said, but what do you actually want to give? Why do you want people to listen? Because there was definitely a point where I did question, why am I in the industry? Do I want to be? Because there was a point where, you know, I'd left Virgin, and I was just out there. So I thought, do you want to? press forward and why so it's the first time I'd really sat down in a long time and questioned myself in that way the real reason was you know I want to give to the listener I want them to feel like it's not all dark the media has so much power sadly people being afraid people being in a low vibration people being hooked to their phones all of these things it's kind of encouraged because I guess it gets more clicks or shock or something like that and I said well how can I get something out using the same platforms in a way that can do the opposite, make people feel empowered in charge of their lives. Because we're constantly being told stories that are out of our control. You know, mm. the, the news is telling us this is happening today and that's happening. It's really going to affect you in a bad way, but there's not much you can do about it. So you're feeling hopeless. And I just thought, how was I uplifted as a child when I felt low? It was through music. So this album specifically, that was the mission. Let's try and lift people up. Let them get to know me a little bit better, but the main priority was how can we heal, not through medicine, but through music. That's amazing. So you didn't finish med school, but you're still healing the nation. Yeah, I love that I try my you. best. Prescribing yeah, <laughs> some music. And I know that your latest single is with the legend that is Nile Rogers. Yeah, that's been amazing. I mean, it's an honour to have worked with him. And I worked on his album a few years ago. That's how we first met. Mm. And we went to Abbey Roads. Like, being at Abbey Roads is awesome. And he, I think that's where he has his studio residence. And he got his guitar out that he's had for years and years, and we just started jamming. I thought, wow, I'm in, I'm jamming with Nell Rogers. And he'd given us like a, two hours of stories, you know, when Diana Ross, when I made her <laughs> album, when I made Madonna's album, and these absolutely incredible stories. And he just started jamming it. And what I love about Nell is he really trusts you. You know, it wasn't like 
rewrite the rap. It's everything that I was putting down. He's like, yeah, more of that. Let's harmonize that. Everything was flowing. His magic, you know, there's no blockages. Obviously, you can go back and revisit a song. And during lockdown, I had time to, to really finish it. It was just awesome. What a legend. What a magic musician. And his humility and his genuine passion for music, I found so inspiring. Even at his stage and his height of his career, he genuinely loves music. And he genuinely thinks about the audience. Because I don't know if you've seen him live. It's so fun. Everything is just hit after hit. And he's so comfortable on stage. So in the studio, it felt like, we're thinking about performing this live before we've even created it. Mm. It needs to be something funky and fun. And I feel like we got it. Yeah. You definitely did. <laughs> yes, you definitely <laughs> did. Just makes me want to dance a little bit. Oh, good. <laughs> did you always have this passion for music? When did it start for you? Yeah, I always had it. You know, my mum said I was singing before I was talking. Like, she'd always catch me in the garden, just humming to myself. I just loved it. I remember at three, my mum playing, she played Yaz, actually. The one, Hold On. And I just remember hearing the harmonies. I didn't quite understand how tapes worked. And if I always thought the band had to get back together. And every time you press play, they had to perform it live for some <laughs> reason. So I just, And I remember hearing harmonies for the first time. And even on nursery rhymes, when they put harmonies in it, I just thought that's amazing it's making me feel something and so yeah from really really young I was just obsessed with music you know recorder tap dancing everything it's singing non-stop singing possessed by the singing I don't know spirit I just loved it and no one really told me to do it it's just something I couldn't stop and it made me feel really comforted and empowered is the rest of your family musical my dad always felt like the musical one to me he was the one that introduced me to great singers and I always think back now, I'm so lucky they had great taste in music yeah. because from young I was listening to the world's greatest musicians, you know, Nina Simone just being played. So my dad was super musical, he took the school choir and he has a great ear for music. His whole family, well, my whole Zambian family are very musical, which I learned later in life. Everybody's a singer, everybody has the ear. But my mum said on her side, because she's always like, uh, hello, <laughs> like, what about my side? So, like, my uncle was a, a good pianist, she said, and so there is definitely on my mum's side as well. And it was my dad that really, I remember when I was seven, he said, I think you have a good voice. He was trying to teach me how to express myself through the music. When I used to sing Celine Dion, I used to try sing the back vocals and the lead. And he's like, you have to pick one or the other. This is going to be really complicated. Grew up in Aberdeenshire in rural Scotland. Yeah. And you've got your Zambian father and your white British mother. I'm imagining there weren't that many people of colour where yeah. you grew up. What was that like? Not in the village, no. I mean, it was an experience. It's definitely made me who I am. I'd never want to speak too negatively about it because I had a lovely childhood. There was no danger. You could play in the fields and go to school and focus on that, which was the whole reason for us moving up there. You know, I have to admit, I did feel an outsider. You always felt if an argument started and it really got to it, something racist might come out. You know, I never felt like I could just take up space and be me. I think that's why having music and when I got on stage I felt okay I can take up this space even if it's just for one or two songs this is my time to to do me so I think that's why music became such a big thing in my life and I learned a lot about myself through the music listening to Nina's take on being a black woman Lauren Hill's take Jill Scott's like I felt wow these are these women are going through something that I have nobody else in the world to talk about it with at this point you know going being a teenager and Back then, there wasn't kind of awareness of 
you know, there wasn't my color foundation. There Ooh. wasn't someone telling me what to do with my hair. And they sound like trivial things, but for a, a girl growing up, it does make you feel a bit strange and weird and not beautiful. Music was so important in that sense to learn about myself. I was definitely on my own, a bit of a loner. I had friends, but really music was, I know this sounds so sad, but music was my friend. Music was the thing I couldn't wait to get home if I heard a new chord or a lunch break, I go straight to the piano. And I didn't feel that lonely because I had music. 10 years ago, 2012, was a massive year in your career. Yeah. You had our version of events, the best-selling, amazing album came out. You did Olympics, you know, opening <laughs> ceremony, not yeah. enough, did closing yeah. too. <laughs> like it was this big, iconic year in your career. And yeah. we're now kind of a decade away from that. How do you feel when you look back at that time? Oh, it feels... How do I feel? It feels like a dream. It feels like everything I had wished for came true times 100. I was there, I just wanted to be a singer, I just wanted to have a record deal and put out an album. That was kind of as far as the plan went. Mm. So when it finally happened, it was quite a struggle to find the right place and to be accepted and to be supported. So when it finally happened and just popped off, it really felt like a dream because I didn't know how, how do you get your foot in the door in London, just all of these things. To me, when I look back, it, it reminds me you have to trust your instinct and also your destiny. I didn't know how I was going to do it, what I was going to do, but when it all came together, it really felt like this is where I should be. It just reminds me that you're not always going to have the plan, but you have to have the trust that one way or another, if you really have that passion, it will happen. What was it like before 2012 then, when you're still trying to break into the industry? What was that period of your life like? I mean, it was all fun. I think that's why gratitude is so important. You know, when you have success, sometimes you, you forget about being excited about every step of the process, and that's how it was. I met Naughty Boy, that was really exciting. Being in the studio was exciting. We'd camp out and just like sleep on the studio floor because we just loved music so much. And when we first wrote Heaven, we drove around like London at 2 a.m. with some friends and just knowing that no one else in the world had heard that song, but just you and your mates just all in this little car like driving around. It was, every step was exciting, surrounded by friends. I mean, even trying to get signed was difficult because I definitely lost confidence. Every time you'd go, they'd make you do like showcases. Oh, we don't think you're right. We don't think you're right. Every angle we turned at, we couldn't really find anyone that believed in me beyond being a songwriter. Finally finding Virgin and Shabs and Glynn, they were the ones that signed me. I mean, it was exciting, but also a bit, it was difficult. But I always knew it was going to be, I guess, because I'd moved from Glasgow, middle of a med school <laughs> degree, I, I was happy that I had put a lot on the line. Because I think if I'd maybe just moved to London on a bit of a, let's see what happens, I wouldn't have been so determined. Mm. But knowing that I'd given up a career in medicine, which I loved. It was definitely part of maybe that is my future. So I definitely planned in my head how that would be being a doctor. But having given that up, I really wanted to come to London and fight for it. It gave me a real hunger and determination, which I think gave me the edge at that point. And how do you feel about fame and being in the public eye? I enjoy it because I always felt I've had control over it. I've never been so famous I can't walk down the street or anything like that. You know, I've really put my full truth in the music. When anyone comes to talk to me, it's always about a song or read all about it, it's helped me through this and the other. So I really enjoy that. I don't feel like I've ever kind of chased fame for the sake of it. I think that would probably mess my head up a bit, mm. not knowing 
what I'm doing or why people are talking. I love discussing the music. My fans are awesome. Like everyone's really cool and nice. Like I can't really <laughs> say anything other than that. So yeah, I, I enjoy it. And you do make music that really touches people, that really helps people and resonates with them. What's that like for you as an artist when people come to you and tell you about the profound effect that your music has had on them or how it's helped them get through something major in their life? Um, it's really encouraging and it gives me a, a real purpose. I think that's sometimes what you need because the industry isn't easy. You deal with people that just don't like the look at your face. Like There's certain people that will just never like you but for me it gives me reason to be here and reason to do it if I know that it's beyond me wanting to be a musician hopefully I am reaching people, then it's this kind of source of energy you can always return to. You know, you take some time out, but then there'll always be this need to come back and communicate with people. It really inspires me and makes me want to keep making music that means something to people. Back to 2012, you had, as well as making the most beautiful love songs, you had really iconic hair. Yeah. You had that gorgeous quick. And I absolutely love the hairstyle that you're absolutely rocking now. Thank you're fantastic. You. I'd love to know a little bit about the journey that you've had with your hair and with how you present yourself to the world. When I first moved from Scotland, because I was like, okay, I'm not a med student anymore, I can get a tattoo, I can do all this stuff, I started to become a lot more creative with how I looked, which I'd always kind of wanted to do, but there are restrictions. So when I came to London, I moved you know, straight away to East. There was this awesome hairdresser that I met. She had a hair salon and she had shaved all blonde hair. She's Jamaican, Auntie Lisa, that was her name. I was like, oh, do I have the guts to like shave my hair and do that? She looked awesome doing it. So slowly I had, I had a lot of hair and then I you know, would dye it a bit, then I cut the sides a bit. And slowly it kind of came into this style of kind of like the quiff. Then when I got signed to Virgin, they kind of I went to this other guy and he started, you know, he straightened it into more of a quiff shape. And it became, you know, my look, which was awesome for the first, you know, year or two. But then when you feel like, okay, people don't, aren't going to recognize me without my hair like this, I, I did start to feel like, but well, I want to change it. You know, mm. I'm always someone that wants to change and try different new things. And also I was learning a lot about being black, my identity and being proud of being a black woman. It wasn't so much the color, it was more not letting my natural texture come through. Like when I had hair and makeup, compared to how I genuinely looked as a person, I looked like two different people. And I didn't really want to feel like I was wearing a mask. So I really wanted to become more and more authentic. But it was hard to let go of that because that was part of the product in a way. So yeah, it was a journey of discovery, cultural, that mm. made me want to not straighten my hair because at the end of the day it was damaging it, you know, bleaching your hair, straightening it. So then you had to have a weave and I felt, gosh, I'm not really myself. This mm. isn't my hair. And then I'm looking a lot lighter on photographs and I'm a black woman, you know. So I really started to rebel against this pretending to be something I wasn't. And that took a long time though. Definitely going to Zambia helped me embrace that more. And then just letting my natural hair, like the curls come through. And then there was a, a long period that I had it my natural color. There was so much thinking going on behind it. Then I thought, but I like my hair blonde. I'm not my hair, the India Re song. I'd listen to mm. that a lot, you know, what defines you. But I think it's important to be proud of your natural texture. For me, that's important. and because I always felt well unless it's slick and unless it's like this it doesn't look good and that's been something I've been programmed to think unless you're white and you have straight hair then it's not attractive and I love love so much that over the past I'd say six years I've seen so much 
talk about that. It's something that was never spoken about. Back in 2012, I don't think it was spoken about that much. Mm. Just a few friends that I had that I met when I came to London start to say, why don't you wear it curly? Like, don't you realize this is your antenna? You know, you're damaging something that's naturally part of your DNA. It's a big, long saga, hair saga. <laughs> I'm still undecided what to do with it. But I feel so much more proud to be exactly who I am. Well, you look gorgeous. Thank you. When people come out, when people open up about this stuff, who are in the public eye, there's often uh, people are quick to put labels on it. And I'd love to know how you personally feel about labels. Oh, because of how it's always been, you know, being mixed race, there's a negative to not having a label or I always wanted a label you know what I mean I always wanted to be all like what am I and mm. am I Scottish am I English am I Zambia am I black am I white and I always longed for this kind of settling if only I could belong somewhere or I could find my group and I feel for years I I tried and I think it comes to every aspect of my life what type of musician are you what type of music you make I never know how to answer people I'm like wow depends on my mood you know sometimes it's drum and bass sometimes it's a piano ballad and I think it's the same when it comes to my sexuality I'm me I love Ioana so much like we're we're in love whatever that makes me to other people I don't mind people putting labels on me but I've never wanted to be in any form of box so you know I'm a human she's a human we're, t we're in love I'm very proud to be part of the gay community absolutely I think sometimes that's the problem when we want to label everybody I think that takes away the humanity and I think that's why some people start dehumanizing groups of people because oh well you're a black person and you're or you're not not normal we're all everything that's the way I see it it's a hard one to answer you know I'm very proud to say I'm in love with a woman I'm I'm gay or I'm bisexual I'm not quite sure what label I want or if I even want a label. I guess I'm queer. I'd, I'd mm -hmm. take that one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a queer woman. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. The performance at Pride in London of Next to Me, mm -hmm. and when you sang We'll Find Her, and yeah. used the female pronoun, yeah. when you sang that and you dedicated it to your Anna, oh, I was in bits. <laughs> <and> like, <laughs> that was so gorgeous. That was so powerful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, when I came out, that was the first show I'd done. And the crowd, it was such an electric feeling, mm. like the crowd was giving so much love and for me to be on stage and say those things, it's the first time I've been on stage and felt like, okay, this is me, me, this is the real me and to saying you'll find her next to me, it meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to, you know, have Joanna come on stage as well and, and also just saying read all about it, having expressed everything, how I feel as a woman of colour, how I feel as queer women, all of those things. So it really felt like, okay, I'm really fully being honest now. And yeah, it was very liberating. And I love that day. It was, it was really cool. Well, I was in pieces. My girlfriend was in pieces. We were all <laughs> deeply emotionally affected. It was lovely. It was so lovely. Thank you. Recently, I did a show at, um, in Rye. It was for their Jazz and Blues Festival. And I sang next to me with the her saying you'll find her next to me just doing it so quiet and so intimate on the piano that way it's the first time I'd done it and it yeah there's just this kind of release and it makes me question many things like I'm reading a lot more but there's a book all about you know the cosmic mother and all of these things that we've kind of been programmed to think it's you know we're in the patriarch mm. so to start just opening my mind in different ways which I definitely feel being myself has allowed I'm just thinking, wow, you know, there's so much to learn, the history beyond what we've been told so far. So it's lovely to embrace more of the matriarch.
You've said so much wonderful, <laughs> lovely yeah, stuff. Girl, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been loving it. I've been laughing it all up. <laughs> you are our cover star for our Black History Month issue, and we're so delighted to have you. I think you probably know, as someone who's part of this community, there's hard parts of it, the mm. shame that we have to navigate. There's yeah. all these things. Mm. And then being a woman of colour, that's a mm. whole other intersectional thing that you mm. deal with. Yeah. What would be your words to the diva community? What would be your message to other queer people out there who might be struggling? Firstly, you know, thank you. Thank you for having me on the cover and for all the kind of positive embracement I've had from the community. It really means the world to me and it's given me so much strength in my journey. For anyone that is struggling, you know, you are who you are and only you know that. And sometimes you have to really take a step back from everything you've been taught you know if you've been taught to be ashamed of yourself or if you've been taught to hide yourself really take a step back and kind of go back to when that was like why are you in this situation and I think the best thing you can do is is connect to your spirit you know that's where you're fully yourself and you're needed as yourself you know I think beyond everything else like we need people beyond any group of people, just as human beings. We need people to be themselves and what they can contribute to society is so needed. So you hiding yourself or half yourself, not being the full person you are, it's a detriment to the whole of humanity. So I just encourage them to come and yes, it's difficult, but there is a whole community out here and we will embrace you and we will celebrate and enjoy you and everything that will come with you being yourself will just be so wonderful. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva, queers for your ears, in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.